0: Welcome to the show, Paul George, right here, (laughs) right now in studio, actual studio with Adam Conk. It's a real studio. Yeah, Yeah. a lot of people who do shows and podcasts actually don't have studios.
1: That's true. They're in their closet, which I've been there, y'all. I'm not judging. Yeah. You do what you got to do. You do
0: you in your closet. And it's
1: radio. It's not TV.
0: Or with an app or whatever, whatever you use, but we actually luckily have a... Great studio, Delta Media in Lafayette, Louisiana. KLFT, our king, Catholic Radio. Radio. Loving it. Yeah, it's awesome.
1: So we're happy to be here. <laughs> so,
0: anyway, welcome to the show, The Art of Living, Paul George, Adam Conk. And, dude, look, I am fired up about this. So I just got to ask you have you seen? What did you say? That is so interesting. Oh, for real, though? <laughs> dude, I'm 100% for real. So, my favorite food in a very odd way. Can I guess? You can guess. Beef jerky. Close. Oh. But not. Okay. Okay, bacon. Bacon. Mm-hmm. All right, so favorite food is bacon, right, on anything. Okay, so it's bacon. But, uh, so it's, this thing's called bacon lip balm. <laughs> so, it's like a lip balm chapstick. It's bacon flavor. It's pretty good. So you just lick your lips all day. (laughs) Are you in or out on this thing? Well, I'm out. No? You don't want it?
1: Honestly, I'm not a huge fan of bacon. Don't kill me. Okay. I I eat like two pieces and that I'm like, okay, that's fine. Well, that's fine, but you're not like anti-bacon. No, I'm not. No, that's un-American. Okay. I'm very much pro-bacon. I'm just not a huge fan of it. But I I don't like smelling like bacon. Is, Is that part of the deal?
0: Well, it's not fried and you don't get grease on you. Okay. But I'm sure that it, it, I doubt it smells like bacon as much as it tastes like bacon on the lip balm.
1: Okay, well, maybe. If you buy it, I'll try it with you.
0: <laughs> so the question, though, is, is, like, would your wife go for it? Like, if you, you know, like, came home and she leaned in bacon. for, like, a, hey, honey, and not seen you all day kiss, would she be like, yeah. well, that is the most disgusting thing ever? I don't know. I think she'd. So this is what, <laughs> we, this is what we need to do is try it out. And we'll don't play, tell her. Play a little joke. I'll do the same. <laughs> and then we'll see the reaction, and we'll talk about it. But it's called Bacon Lip Balm. It's the real deal. This is hysterical. I got to get some. It's like 5 bucks for a tube.
1: That's pretty good, 5 bucks. Yeah.
0: Now, I do love bacon fat.
1: I'm, I'm from South Louisiana. Okay. Cooking with bacon fat, the, you just can't beat it.
0: Yeah, so I did the best thing to our vegetables the other day. I cooked bacon, and we were using the bacon to put on top of this grilled chicken. Mm -hmm. that we were going to do. Okay. So the bacon grease was left and I did the best thing for our vegetables. I pan fried the vegetables in the bacon grease. That is the best thing you could do. And it was the best green beans I've ever had. Absolutely. And it made them more nutritious. Really? People would be like, it takes the vitamins out of it. No, it adds them in because you actually eat the green bean instead of spitting it out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's, right, that's creative. Yeah, I like that. So you do what you got to do to get your greens in. Yeah. You see, if what you I'm got to
1: cover them in bacon fat,
0: yeah, you do it. Plus, good, healthy fat is actually good for you. A little bit of real fat your shiny coat, right, is good for you. I mean, too much is bad, but I mean, yeah. you got to have some natural fats in your in your diet. And, and you know, why not bacon? Bacon's all natural. Baby. Now, the lip balm thing, we're gonna have to go hard to the paint on it. But oh yeah, that's let's that's get something. it. But I only have one request: we don't use the same tube. Oh, of course not. Okay, good. All right. So anyway, we've been talking about this, uh, this series on community, right? And we started in the last show. So if you haven't listened and you're listening and you're like, what are they talking about? Just go back to the last show, the show before this. You can listen to it on the podcast, on iTunes, Google Play. Go to the website, paulgeorge.la. And you can find the show. So we ended on like, uh, uh, so we're on you know point number five about Ooh. community. Okay, so you ready? Yeah. So you don't know these. No, I I'm don't. bringing them up. So and you're, I'm loving them. You you are loving. It's like I'm them. getting my own speaker right here, right here, right now. Right but next you're in to the me. conversation because yeah. uh, you do this as well. <laughs> so number five is this: is that uh, we, all of us, um, have a deep need uh, for community. Uh, we have. Uh, um, the deep need for we, to, to this is where I insert the actual word community, okay? This is when we go from this idea that God wants to be in a relationship, that we're created in a relationship, that we desire this relationship, okay? And that we thrive in this relationship. And this is where we turn the corner and say we actually thrive in Christian community, mm mm-hmm. More than anything, yep. Like we desire, whether we believe it, know it, or even haven't experienced it in our life, we desire authentic Christian friendship, relationship, and community because it's what's best for us. It's what makes us better, holier, healthier in our life, mm-hmm. hands down. And so we not only desire we, but we need the we. We need community. I think in an our anal- life.
1: analogy that comes to mind for this is. In high school, do you remember the, the friend in the group that kind of glued the group together? Did you yeah. know what I'm talking
0: about? Like, yep. yep. N-
1: mm-hmm. Not necessarily that they decided where you went on the weekend or stuff, but when, when this person was in the room.
0: We always called them like they were either the, the group or the class mom or dad. Like yeah. that was our nickname for them. But they were always the one that kind of were like the glue to the group. They pulled us all together.
1: Right. And when this person was in the room, it was very easy to be a group. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. But without this person, it was harder. Plans were harder. Maybe, you know, I don't know. And the thing is, this, this is really why Christian friendship is so necessary is that we weren't made to be in relationship with another human being, just us, but we were made to be in relationship with another human being and Christ and God for all eternity, right? Yes. So on earth, Christ and anyone who's been in a Christian friendship understands what this what this is like. If Christ is in the room, if Christ is invited into the relationship, it's the most natural thing in the world. It's it it's like taking a big breath of air, right? When you're with a friend that also loves Jesus,
0: yeah, absolutely. And when you're
1: not in that situation, it's just so different.
0: Yeah, and this is the idea where you know we got to say that community feels a little uncomfortable, and this mm-hmm. idea of inserting this this word into our life. Even though we desire it, it's a little uncomfortable. But Christian community is the community that we're created for. And this is where Christ is inserted at the center, because Christ is the one that pulls us all together. Mm-hmm. Christ is the one that grounds us in formation and teaching and in growth, right? And when you have a group of people who say, "I," you know, "I'm,", I'm we're maybe all at different spots. We may be all at different worries or concerns or prayer needs. We may be all even spiritually at different places, but we, we want and desire Christ to lead. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so Christian community is what draws us in and what we want and need the most in our life, right? Mm-hmm. But let me be honest. It's the thing that I think for a lot of people, and including myself, for are to be honest, is what I'm afraid for the most. Yeah. Why? Well, this leads to, to the next thing is that there's obstacles to community because there's natural things that, that come up, uh, fears, anxieties, worries, when, when, we, when we commit or get into community. Mm-hmm. And those obstacles, I think a lot of times, keep us away from community.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, Paul, you're only Paul with Jesus, and I'm only Adam with Jesus. I think this is one of the obstacles: is that we kind of think, really deep down, we think that I am who I am. In and it doesn't matter if I'm in a relationship with Christ or not, or it doesn't matter if I'm in a relationship with Paul or not. Like I am me, and people either love me or don't love me, and I I stake a lot on that. Like God either accepts me or doesn't, and that determines so much, right? My, my coworkers either like me or don't like me, and that stakes But that's actually not the truth. The truth is I am myself when I am with Jesus, when I'm in his presence. And I can only love other people in his presence too. Right. And that's it. Yeah. Like It doesn't matter if this person likes me or doesn't like me or if there's drama. And we get into all these fears and insecurities mm-hmm. when we think relationships are more complicated than that, but they're not more complicated than that. Now there are like you know need for therapy and things like that. I'm not saying right they're not complex situations, but Christian relationship it's scary because it's so obvious. It's like all right, I stay connected to Jesus and I love everybody no matter what, and that's it. Yeah, but that scares the heck out of us.
0: Yeah, and I want to get more into this conversation throughout the show uh, about these obstacles because I think these obstacles is what keep us from thriving in community. And so before I go into the next point, you know I want to bring in our guest. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back. This the Paul George Show. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the healthcare problem. Are you paying too much for your health care cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a healthcare sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund health care costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit solidarityhealthshare.org. That's solidarityhealthshare.org welcome back to the show. Paul George here in the studio. Great to be with you today. The Art of Living Discussion. Got my guest on today, excited, all the way from Bryan, Texas. Good friend of mine, Taylor Schroll. Taylor, what's up, brother?
2: Oh, man, I'm so happy to be here. You you came on my show a while back. We got to catch up when you came over to Brian. And I finally tricked you into letting me come on your show. Thanks for having (laughs) me.
0: Well, dude, you're like one of the few people that like you had me on your show and then I had you on mine, which is like the natural sort of relationship thing. But the interesting thing is I've had people on my show who have shows and they were they just ghosted me after like they used me for the interview and they
2: bounced. They're all jerks, every single one of them. I don't know who they are, but I will find them, and
0: I will make fun of them. We're not going to name them, but it's just really strange. So anyway, like I always said, like, do unto others the way you would want them to do unto you. I don't know where I heard that. It's somewhere, somewhere. Gandhi. Yes. So then I thought, why not? Let's have Taylor Schroll on this. And so anyway, dude, Brian, Texas, you work for Ablaze Ministries. You're a missionary, youth minister, director. Uh, you speak, you do a lot of things, you have a podcast and radio show, uh, which, by the way, where can people find the show?
2: Forte Catholic, F-O-R-T-E Catholic dot com, or you can search Forte Catholic in any of your podcasting services, and you'll see my dumb face come on with my uh, less dumb show.
0: There you go. No, it's a good show, and I enjoy being on it, and, um, you know, we got mutual friends, and, and uh, so we connected uh, not long ago when I was out speaking for a Blaze and... um you know, we hit it off. And so thanks for taking the time to be on the show. But, uh, so you're younger than me as, uh, you know, Didn't a, take much. a lot of people are. And, uh, you know, I'm in the middle of this discussion about community, right? And, uh, this idea that we thrive in relationship, not only with God, first and foremost with God, but really we're created to be in relationship with other people. All right. And, uh, you know, you're younger than me and you're going to come from a different perspective uh, through this, you know, quote unquote, what everyone calls this millennial generation that people are saying are ruining our planet, you know, and I, I completely disagree because I work with millennials and I see all the hope in the generation, but what what is your sort of frame of reference and, and your, your, where you come from as a millennial? Like you're married, you have kids, you have a steady job, I mean, you're doing good in the world, but... There, there really are a lot of young people, millennials, these young adults, who are completely isolated and disconnected from community. Why is that?
2: Yeah, I think the biggest thing is that we are we are more connected than ever. Um, I'm me being a millennial, I'm on my phone all the time. I'm texting people, emailing people. I'm on social media, all these kinds of things, and we're. We're so connected with you know we can have hundreds and hundreds of people that we're connected with, but then if we sit down in a room and try to have a conversation, it can be very difficult. And like c- even even myself like I can find this in me. I can be, ta- I talk for a living, and then I go home to you know to my wife and kids, and I'm just like oh, I'd, I'm connecting with these other people. I've talked to these other people already. Like it's hard for me to sit down and have an actual conversation with my wife hmm. instead of just like texting throughout the day because that's kind of the natural things that millennials do. So you like you complimented me, but I think it's even a struggle for for all of us, um, just to actually have real community, real relationships, real friendships. It it's obvious I mean, it's obviously worked out. I have a wife, she hasn't left me and you know, it's been almost six years, but there it's, you go. It's um uh, yeah, I, I I did it. I did it. Uh, I, I tricked her into marrying me, and she hadn't figured out that it was a trick yet. Um, <laughs> well, but know, like having those deep relationships can, uh, actually takes effort.
0: Yeah, it does, and we have to be intentional about it. But you know, the reality is is that you know you take all technology away or whatever you want to do, uh, we're created to be in relationship with God and with other people. And we're at our best, and we thrive when we're in relationship. And actually, we're our best, and we thrive when we're in Christian relationships, in Christian community. But here's the reality. As I look at my generation, I look at the generation before me, and then I look at the generations after me and the millennial generation. And when it comes to actual Christian community, because Christ is at the center and Christ illuminates everything, and that he wants the best for us and that uh, he calls us to vulnerability and authenticity is that there are a lot of fears that come up in people when it comes to, you know, community and these relationships. So what are some of those obstacles to community outside of technology that you see maybe in yourself or in the millennial generation, the younger generation?
2: Yeah, I think I'll start uh, trying to answer your question by talking about how important community was for me growing up and, and Within my church community uh like it's kind of a joke, but it's absu- i mean it's absolutely true. I went to youth group because there were pretty girls there, like that's why I went i didn't go for jesus, Amen, I dude. didn't go for anything else. yeah, I went to go hang out with my bros and to you know hang out with these pretty girls that were that and they were all gathered here for Jesus. So I'm like, okay, I'll pretend to like Jesus too and then you know the <laughs> joke was on me. I actually ended up liking Jesus as well yeah um whatever and, it takes. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 tell, I tell people all that all the time. I don't care what got you here, but I, but I do care what keeps you here. You know, and that. Like, that, that's what happened for me. is like I went for the community. I went because it was fun. I went because of the pretty girls. I went because of the to, to hangout with my guys. But I ended up staying because I actually found Christ. And, but here's, here's the kicker. Uh, there were 60 people in my confirmation class. And I think three of us are still practicing Catholics, mm. and like in college it was like 10 or 11. And here's the thing that I think is hard for millennials that, that maybe a lot of people aren't talking about, is that we do, the, the relationships that we have tend to be deep. We, like the actual real relationships, not these connections, but these real relationships. And we built real relationships in high school, and then we all split up, going to college, going to work or whatever. And it's this feeling that I know that I have. It's like, I've invested so much in these people, like, it kind of hurts to try again. I'm, not, I'm just not going to try again. I'm not going to reinvest in this new community at at the university. I'm not going to re- try to connect with a new church wherever I move. It's like, I already did that, and it hurt to leave. Hmm. So I'm just not going to try.
0: So a lot of fears and obstacles that come up are, you know, people have been hurt in relationships, they've been let down. And we put up walls and barriers in these relationships, and we even do this in our relationship with God, but with other people. And so what ends up happening is we end up isolating ourselves, you know, and so we have these distant relationships, right? They're online, they're through social media, they're through email or text, but we've put up a wall. And and I don't know if you find this, but when we sort of begin to isolate or put up a wall and and we have this lack of vulnerability and authenticity is that we stop really – Thriving in these relationships, and then we're we're just kind of set to sail on our own, and then and then we're really stuck.
2: Yeah, it go, I mean, it, I see the combination because we always have this. You know, I'm sure you've probably talked about it. My, I might even learned it from you. You know, the, like the cross. We have our relationship up and down with God. We have a relationship, uh, like laterally, with each other. And I I know that in my life, if one of them starts. Starts falling, the other one starts falling. Right, and I can get into this isolation, like you found. It's like, okay, my relationship with God starts to struggle. That obviously is going to affect my relationships with my wife, my friends, my coworkers. Um, if, but all, all at the same time, if I'm strong in both, and then my relationships stop going well, like with people, then I get you know kind of into this isolation. Then I'm like, I'm not going to pray either. I'm just kind of sad, and it's it's like no motivation to do any of it. So the two are absolutely combined. Uh, For sure.
0: Yeah, you know one of the one of the scary things that I hear from people who are married especially younger people Maybe they've been married less than 10 years and I experienced this early on in my marriage that no one ever told me about Is that you can actually be isolated and lonely inside of a marriage and and marriage is is community Like you're living in community with your wife your spouse uh, in and your kids and your family But you can hide even there and you cannot be vulnerable and transparent and I think one of the obstacles we, we put up is that we're afraid for people to see us for who we are. We're afraid to be imperfect. We're afraid to be transparent. We're afraid to fail. We're afraid to say, I'm sorry. And all those things keep us from really pushing through to, to real uh, vulnerability, I guess you could say, in these relationships. Do you find that?
2: No, yeah, I mean, I absolutely find that. I find that, like you said, within my marriage. I find it at times with people that I work with. Uh, and so even my best friends, it's like, why would I share, why would I be vulnerable and share something that I've, that I've done wrong or something that I'm struggling with when that could only lead, like you said, in fear to being judged or to uh, ruining the relationship. And the irony of it is, is that actually through this isolation, through not being vulnerable, you're actually, you actually are hurting the relationship because you're just becoming more and more distant instead of just addressing it head on and, and, and going, going that route.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Talking to Taylor Schroll, Brian, Texas, Forte Catholic. We're talking about communities these obstacles, and and um, you know, Taylor, you're married. I'm married. Uh, how many kids do you guys have? We have three: a
2: five year old boy, a three year old girl, and a seven month old girl. Seven month old, seven month girl. I don't know how you say that.
0: The same thing. So you little community in itself, and um, you know, for for a lot of the single people out there you know, they'll say, well, you're married, you know, you're not lonely. And the reality is we we choose to be lonely or not transparent or authentic or in relationship. And so no matter what vocation you're in or season that you're in, whether you're married, single, or you're religious or priest, the intentionality to move past our obstacles and our fears, to be in relationship with people. Whether it be our spouse and marriage, or brothers that I need to be in a relationship with, or whatever the case may be, like there has to become some type of intentionality that moves us past the fears that we face when it comes to having real relationships.
2: Yeah, I, as you're as you're talking about this, I'm thinking about a time where I absolutely lacked community. Um, it was in a, a previous job that I had. I was working at, uh, in a, in a ministry where I was isolated. I didn't feel like I was on a team. I didn't have all this much support um, spiritually or even just in the job. And so like I, I, left, I left there hurt because I was in what was you know, supposedly a Christian community and just didn't feel a part of any, of any community because I don't think there was one there. And, and it, I, it was one of those things that here's, I, I was able to be strong in it for about a year. I was there for two years. I was able to be strong in it for a year just kind of like on my own you know, faith on my own, just like picking myself up by my bootstraps and trying to rely on the Lord. But that can only last so long before, right. like, I started falling apart spiritually, physically, mm-hmm. mentally, emotionally. And it was it was a rough second year. And then I, I came and I sought out this Christian community, which I have, where, where I work now at Ablaze. And, like, we pray together. We live together. We, we address some of these things that you and I are talking about. It's like, when there's something that comes between us, like, it's part of our culture. We're going to go Sit down in a back room and the two of us are gonna talk about it and, and work it out because this community is so important. And like I am just so much in a better place physically, spiritually, emotionally, because I have this community around me that when you know, when I'm strong and they're weak, I can help them and vice versa.
0: Yeah, and relationships like that, and so what that's doing for you in your humanness and your formation is it's helping you push through fears and obstacles that you would normally face. So if you're just outside a community, what you would do is that you would just ignore those conversations. You would ignore those, those difficult moments and just avoid it all, right? And that's what we do. And Christian community is intentional. It's intentional about loving people. It's intentional about being authentic. It's intentional about moving past the hard things so that the relationship grows. And I think, you know, we find this out in marriage is that, you know, marriage calls us to, you know, holiness in the good, the bad, and the ugly. Right. And when we're intentional about entering into it, you know, there's tough conversations, there's good days, there's bad days. And the reality is that, you know, our marriage, like our community of marriage needs to complement other vocations. And we need to invite people over and have single people like we need to learn from each other and be in community together so that, uh, you know, like we can complement each other in community so you know we we often have people who aren't married over and they just kind of you know we're, we're all kind of living life together learning from each other
2: that's great i i i'm, I'm kind of laughing as you're talking because uh first thing you're kind of convicted me and i just kind of want to go home and have a conversation with my wife and be intentional with her um but uh also like i, I we just had a couple of uh, uh currently single people over we for the first time in our marriage, we were the sponsor couple for a for a young couple that is going to get married actually tomorrow. We're driving tomorrow to go to their wedding. Nice, and uh, it was just really cool to just kind of share that, be, like, be in relationship with them, and like they were brought into like she used to work for me, so she was already part of like our community. We had had her over a couple of times. It just kind of cool to see the growth of that community and. You know, like I was like, why are we doing this? We've been married for six years. You know, the people that have been married for thirty should be doing this. But just because we were like actually friends and in relationship, I I think and I hope uh, that uh, we were actually able to give something to them, and it was actually cool for me and my wife to do together as well.
0: Yes, talking to Taylor Schroll, Brian Texas Forte Catholic. What is Forte Catholic? Like, where'd you get that?
2: Forte. So I'm a musician, and the word forte in music means. Do you know? No. It means loud. I am the loud Catholic. That's essentially what that is, because I just have a loud voice, and it plays
0: on this trope. Go ahead. That just made all the sense in the world.
2: Yeah, that's that's it. I'm loud. That's the the thing I am best at. Uh, It doesn't really matter what I'm saying. I'm just loud. And then uh, (laughs) also, you know, it it plays along with the whole musician thing, because I travel around and lead worship for church events and stuff. And then also forte means like something that you're good at, and I think radio is something that I'm good at. And I want to like I want to use the gifts that God has given me uh, to try to build the kingdom, and also you know like you know feed my children, but also like you know call out uh, what are what are other people's gifts, like what are things that they are good at, what is their forte. So it's kind of a play on words; it's all three of those things combined into one word.
0: What is your forte? You know, and. Interestingly enough, I mean, you're, you know, I love the fact that you're just real honest about you being a loud Catholic. That's awesome. But helping people discover their gifts, I mean, that's really what community ultimately a lot of time, is about, is that we call the good out of the other. And we're not intimidated by other people's gifts, their strengths, or even their weaknesses. But we bring the best out of each other, helping to encourage one another to, to best utilize their gifts and serve. And I love the fact that you're doing that. And when we do that in a community, I think that that's when we really begin to take off.
2: Yeah, it's that whole idea. It's like, it's like it's scriptural or something, you know? Like, I can be the, I can be the pinky toe, and you can be the thumb, and, and, and we'll find some other people, and together we'll make up a whole body of Christ, and we'll be able to you know, use our different gifts. You know, a pinky toe and a thumb do different things, but if you're missing either one, I wouldn't enjoy that life as much as I enjoy my current one. It'd be pinky, harder. You know? The
0: pinky toe does nothing, though, man. I would hate to be the pinky toe.
2: No, do you you know what the pinky toe does, right? My pinky toe doesn't even move. You'd fall over.
0: Like no my balancer. My pinky toe doesn't even touch the ground. Well, you're just deformed. I'm sorry. No, seriously, like that's actually one (laughs) of the things that that, like my wife laughs at me. Like if I stand up and I don't have socks or shoes on, all my toes touch the ground except my pinky toe. It literally does not even touch the ground. So I could cut it off and I would never even know.
2: Maybe that's why you lack balance. Well, how do you know that? (laughs) how do you mean you walk? <laughs> you,
0: I wobble. I, I, I think wobble. that has less to do with the pinky toe. <laughs> Paul
2: George wobbles, but he don't <laughs> fall down.
0: <laughs> it has more to do with my age, bro, than it does my pinky toe. So maybe as I get older my pinky toe's shrinking. Is that possible? I,
2: I don't know. I, I I don't know science. That's my wife. She's the science person. That's why I married her. I didn't know uh I didn't know science. I wanted my kids to be well rounded. So I yeah, like. I, I want smart kids. Stuff, I here.
0: think I'm going to marry someone smart. That's what I'm going to do.
2: Exactly. Exactly.
0: I'm going exactly. <laughs> to. I need some other DNA to get smart kids. Is that? I where need it? help.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, well, other DNA that makes it seem like well, I think my mom will listen to this, and she might be offended by that comment.
0: <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> Sorry, mom. I was offended by being a pinky toe. So. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, so (laughs) back to the conversation before we end. Uh, So, Taylor, where can people find you? Uh, Where can they listen to your show, your website, and all the work that you're doing in ministry?
2: Yeah, they can find all of that at ForteCatholic.com, F-O-R-T-E, Catholic. You can find the show, um, search Forte Catholic in any of your podcasting apps. You can find all the ways to listen on on there, on the website. Um, You can... Check out my speaking. Check out my music. You can, if you, if you like it, you can book me to come out to your parish. I'm trying to be as cool as Paul George. He he travels around all over the place. I'm trying <laughs> to catch up to him. So if you if you want to uh, fulfill a dream for me to be more like Paul George, go to ForteCatholic.com/slash booking.
0: I tell you what, I don't play music. I never will, never have, never will try. So the maybe the thing I'm most thankful for. If someone books me to speak. And then they could book you to do the music. We can do a tag team.
2: That would be amazing. That would be absolutely amazing. Would you especially, do that?
0: Would you do that with oh, me? If someone did oh, that?
2: I would do that in a heartbeat, especially for the role you've played in my life. It's a whole story. I don't know if we have time for it, but I told it when you came on my show. People could check it out. That would just be a dream come true for me.
0: Sounds great, man. Well, let's do it. So, Taylor, thanks for coming on. You're great. We've got to do it again because you're actually refreshing and loud, and I like that. So, anyway, appreciate it, man.
2: Like a good drink, <laughs> refreshing and <wild. laughs> Thanks, man. I'd really appreciate it. God bless.
0: All right, bro. Have a good one. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity Health Share. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the healthcare problem. Are you paying too much for your healthcare cost? Solidarity Health Share is a healthcare sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund healthcare costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet. Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show. Man, that was a fun interview. Taylor Forte. You know, I never put that together, forte, catholic, loud. I didn't know that. You're a musician. Did you know that? Yep. So forte means loud. Is that like in yeah. another language? What? Yeah, Italian. Italian. All music,
1: music lingo is Italian that we have in modern notation.
0: Really? Yeah. Like from the Latin into Italian or just Italian? Mm, just
1: Italian. Well, I mean, I guess Latin originally. Sure. Forte.
0: forte. Yeah, very clever name. Way to go,
1: whoever did that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So anyway, great interview. And, you know, we were talking about you know, obstacles that we had a good conversation and, you know, we're doing this whole two-part series on community. So if you didn't hear the first part, you can listen to the show before this. It's yes. archived on the, on the podcast, but we're talking about community. And so you and I at the beginning of the show started talking about, um, you know, community, intentional community with Christ at the center, right? And then, but when that begins to happen, obstacles kind of, Come into play our fears, our worries. You know what will people think about me if I'm transparent? If I'm honest? If people knew I was imperfect? All these obstacles, you know, and then we begin to isolate ourselves, and so then we don't engage in real community, whether it even be in our marriages or in friendship and relationships, and so we never push through, right? And so here's the reality, though, Adam, and you know this, but I want to state it clearly that people will understand this, and if there's any. Thing that people walk away with when you're talking about the series on community, it's this. It's this right here. There is no perfect community. So if you're searching and moving around and bouncing around for perfect people, perfect relationships, perfect marriage, a perfect church, a perfect community, a perfect parish, there is not one. It does not exist because we're all imperfect, we're all broken. And, you know, so we, we have this expectation of other people or of communities that, that we don't even have on ourselves to be perfect. And so there's no perfect community. And the reality is this, is that I'm looking in the mirror at an imperfect person. I'm in an imperfect marriage. I'm doing the best I can. We're doing the best that we can. And the community that we belong to in our parish or whether it be other couples or other men or women, uh, they're imperfect too. And so we, that's, that's like the starting point. And just when you, when you name it and claim it, then it's like, okay, there's no perfect community, so I need to find the community that's best for me, that's going to help me grow and help me be the best person that God's calling me to be. Well, and if we identify ourselves with
1: who, love, who loves us, then we're okay with that. Yeah. Because even though our community will not be perfect, mm-hmm. our common father is. Yes. And so it's okay. Yes. And if we're not convicted of that, then we will we will complain about other people's
0: faults till the cows come home and that was like the perfect segue you didn't even intend because here's what i want to end with is um the last point is the four traits of a healthy community that i came up with that we came up with and there could be other traits there could be many others and people could disagree with me but these are the ones that i think are four traits of the healthy community and so although community is imperfect but we need it we thrive in it here's there's a difference between perfect or imperfect and healthy, mm-hmm. right? You can have a healthy community. That's certainly imperfect because we're all imperfect. So how do we have a healthy community that's helping us all move forward and become better? Right? Mm-hmm. So the first is this, is that there's authentic love. So a healthy marriage or two people who love each other authentically, uh, despite the imperfections, right? So I know I'm loved so I can be myself. I don't have to hide. And when I don't have to hide, I can mess up, I can say I'm sorry, I can, I can grow, I, I can move forward, I can do all those things. And a healthy community has a sense of authentic love where um, you know that you're loved, I know that I'm loved by my brothers and sisters, by other people, and when that begins to happen we're able to, to feel safe and we're able to be ourself and when we can be ourself, we can grow.
1: And that's really the deepest wound we all carry is when that didn't happen,
0: absolutely, right,
1: because yes. I mean you know you know as a parent you, your child literally could do anything and you would still want what's best for them and yeah. still love them and still want to be near them, yeah um whenever we felt the opposite of that or if that was missing in a relationship, yeah, that's the most devastating thing we experience
0: yeah, and I think the 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 greatest turning point that I had in my marriage is realizing that my wife loved me no matter what. She was never gonna leave me no matter what. And, and that, I just began to feel safe. Mm-hmm. And that was a turning point for me internally of this lie I felt inside of me that someone's not gonna love me if I mess up or if I'm imperfect, right? And when I found that in relationships, particularly with friendships and brotherhood, that safe place, it's helped me to actually grow more. And so authentic love is the first thing for healthy community. It's this ability to know that we're loved and we feel safe and then therefore we can be who we are and we can grow. The second part of this of a healthy community is that it's Christ-centered. It's not just authentic love. I love you for who you are and where you are, but I'm not going to leave you where you are. And so when, when community is Christ-centered, Christ illuminates the areas of our life that we need to grow, right? And community helps us in that. Community loves us enough to build us up to say, I I want to journey with you in that. And when Christ is at the center, that's when we have real healthy community, although it might be hard, although it's imperfect and difficult, Christ is the one that helps us to grow. And for 2,000 years, Christ has followed a pattern
1: for leading communities. Yeah. He encounters people, and then he moves on. And you either go with him or he leaves you. So, for example, he goes into a town, preaches the gospel. People are like, this is awesome. And he says, well, i got to move on now. And some either went with him or they didn't, right? And the apostles themselves had to abandon everything. And so, really, Christian community is a community that discerns where is God leading us next. Yes. It's not that there's something wrong, but that's how he is. Right. You see what I'm saying? Like, where is God calling us to next? Right. Because he's moving on. Yes. Not like to leave the place necessarily, but for us right here, what's the next step? Right. That is a healthy Christian community. Yeah,
0: and Christ wants us to grow. Christ wants to love us. Christ doesn't want us to sit in our past, our regret, our shame, our guilt, our sin. And we can best grow in our relationship with Christ when other people can help us in that. And mm-hmm. They can move us forward, but it's Christ that does that. So that's, that's got to be the, the real foundation. So it's authentic love, Christ-centered And the third one is this. It's very simple. Uh, One of the most important components I need in my marriage is commitment. Mm -hmm. Like I got to say, I'm in this. Like I'm not going anywhere when times get tough. And I think what happens a lot of times when it comes to communities, we're not really committed. We leave when it gets tough or we don't like our group or we don't like our parish and we figure out it's imperfect and somebody hurt my feelings. And um, and all those things are true. Uh, But where's the commitment? And commitment is what pushes us through um, when times get tough. Mm-hmm. And when we have commitment in the in community and you see communities that are healthy, they push through those tough moments.
1: Yeah, I love that. Uh, I'm kind of a nerd with words sometimes. But nerd like, with words. Commit is like to be sent together. Hmm. That's what it literally means. I right? like that. So it, to be committed is like to recognize Christ has called us together. And sent us together and we're in this together no matter what because my commitment to you is wrapped up in my commitment to him amen because we've been sent together yep. and so for me to abandon you or abandon you know is to abandon Christ yeah yep. and that's the beauty of Christian but you're right if we don't have that commitment the sense of I'm sent with you and so therefore we are sent together
0: forget it yeah and you know we can't be committed to everyone or every community you know, we got to pray and discern where, but where is God committing, asking us to commit to, mm. you know, certainly our vocation. Yes. But with, with others and community and friendship, which ones, which Christ centered communities God asks us to be committed to. And then we need to commit and push through. And then that leads into the, the last point, And you, and you kind of spoke into this when, when you broke down the word committed, uh, is this a healthy community is one that's on mission mm. together. Like they're sent. And that's what you know, being Christian is all about, to be on mission, to, to be sent, the word mass, to be sent. So the the original Christian community was always on mission, to, to come into mass and to be sent from mass, the missio. And a healthy community is one that has mission together, that they help each other to live out their gifts and mission, and, and then they, they move forward together to serve the world, to love people around them in little ways or big ways, whatever the case may be. And when you see that happening. Uh, that's when when Christ really begins to transform the world around him. Maybe one of the biggest obstacles
1: I've seen to this is this tendency we all have to just be egomaniacs, Mm -hmm. especially when we get good at this church thing.
0: Yeah, and we turn (laughs) inward.
1: Yeah, and we stop. Like us helping others means like everybody listen to my ideas and how I would do things and learn from me versus there's a difference between that and investing in people to help them find their own gifts and talents and their own calling. Right. Totally different ballgame.
0: Yes, yeah, and I think, yeah, I mean, especially in this advent of, like, social media and pe- popularity and, you know, professional ministry people, all that stuff means nothing compared to the reality of living in community and helping each other become who God's calling them to be by serving and using their gifts. And a healthy community doesn't isolate. Like, I don't I don't go out and speak on my own, but out of my community and with my community, because I, then I go back to my community, I'm like, I feel horrible at what I do, and mm-hmm. and they can love on me, mm-hmm. and they can encourage me, but other people don't know that, right? But my community does. People who love me, and and when we can do that with each other, then then we can help each other to grow. So anyway, that's our series, man. On community. So now so we, we got to do listen it. We know it, how to, to do community to now. Two shows. where well, you do it? and I do it. And <laughs> we're doing our best. We're imperfect, <laughs> but. Anyway, great to be with you, man. Uh, great interview. You can um, find Taylor Forte Catholic. Uh, of course, you can find these shows PaulGeorge.LA, DiscoverTheArtOfLiving.com, where you can support the show and become a donor for the ministry. You can get the book "Rethink Happiness," which is really going great. Yeah, and uh, so you can get the show on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, whatever the case may be. Do so you speak at places like, like for example,
1: your book. Um, if I want, if I want to bring you
0: in, to kind of go through the ideas of your book, maybe over a weekend. Yeah, I do a mission. I can, I can work in the book to the mission. You know the topics in there. I do multiple talks. You know, yeah, I, I got all that going cool. on. So, anyway, man, thanks so much, dude. Great show. Great to be with you. It's Paul George, the Order of Living Show. Be back next week. God bless.